Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of React Roundup. I am your host today, TJ Van Toll, and with me on the panel is Jack Harrington. Hey, TJ. Hey, and our special guest today, we are joined by Fred K. Schott. Fred, welcome to the show. Oh, my God. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. Cool. Well, why don't you start by telling people you know, a little bit about yourself, who you are, why you're famous, that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm not famous. I'm famous to a very small group of, <laughs> of internet nerds, myself included. Yeah, I, uh, if you have seen anything I've done, it's in, in the open source tool space. Really been focused on building tools for front-end developers. So Astro is my latest project, which I built with a couple of people. But before that, Snowpack was this kind of cool front-end build tool before... Oh, uh, Snowpack! Yeah, before yes. Vite came on the scene, there was Snowpack. We oh, were like wow, the, yeah. the uh, all early growing pains of, of, the, uh, of the ESM world. And before that, Pico was kind of this cool researchy type of umbrella project that I just threw a lot of projects at. Before that, worked on Polymer within Google. So Oh, yeah. Had a long, yeah, long history in open source, which has been a lot of fun. But Astro is what I'm working on now. I'm super excited about it because it's a really cool story, especially for React developers, which sounds appropriate for this podcast. Very cool. <laughs> Just a little. Yeah, there's a quote that I, I really like. I can't even remember who said it, but the, the quote is, I'm a very big deal in very small rooms. I, I kind of like, <laughs> like that one a lot. Like, like, like everybody, when you ask that of everybody and everybody's like, Oh, I'm nothing. You know, <laughs> you're just buttering me up as a guest. Your guest to come special. on and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm famous because you, everybody knows me." Yeah, whatever. So you've got a lot of stuff we could talk about, but I, I think Astro is probably top of mind. We've discussed Astro a few times on the show already, but why don't you start by just giving us the the, the pitch? Like, what what is Astro? What does it do? Why might you be interested in using it? Yeah, so Astro is a, we call it a web framework. You can think of it similar to a Next.js or a Svelte Kit or a Nuxt, but or Remix for a React audience. But we also take a lot of inspiration from the kind of earlier wave of static site builders, so like Hugo or 11D. We really try to be, or we focus on this kind of content-focused uh, marketing site, blogs, personal websites. We're really optimized for that scenario. So if you've ever like used Next.js and you create your Hello World, and like you actually go to view what your browser is doing and there's like three megabytes of JavaScript. I'm, I'm being very dramatic, <laughs> but there's 
you know, you did your hello world and this whole JavaScript application got shipped to your browser. That's really cool for some use cases, but for a lot of a lot of other ones, it's super overkill and it also gets in the way, especially if performance is a really big issue for you. So any site that cares about performance, you uh, we are basically this other option that's uh, designed around a really interesting architecture, which we can talk about. It's island architecture. So mm. it's a pretty new, unique take on the space that still lets you bring a great developer experience. So we've taken a lot of great things from Next.js. We see them as a great inspiration, um, a great project. But lets you also use React and and the output is much more uh, minimal and much more kind of streamlined. We leverage HTML over JavaScript where we can help it. So the majority of your site will end up being server-side rendered and then shipped out to the browser as pure static HTML. So if you've ever been experimenting with you know, a server-first architecture, even taking some inspiration from PHP and Rails and... and I did notice like a hint of PHP in there. Yeah, that's okay, that's there's okay. this meme Don't of, of the... Uh, <laughs> no, 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 we lean into it. We lean into it. There's yeah. this meme... Uh, <laughs> Which I say this like so it's JavaScript. a meme going around. It's JavaScript. It's not PHP. It's not not the language. It's just yeah. The the meme going around is the uh, the Scooby Doo like pulling the mask off the villain, <laughs> pulling the astro mask off. It it ends up actually feeling a bit like PHP, which I learned web development with PHP. I think a lot of us yeah. did. So for us, well, it's definitely made a, a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah. I'm also a PHP fan. I think like PHP's downfall is sometimes like its APIs can get bonkers. Like it, it, it can be all over the place, but the actual language, you just feel so powerful using it. So I've like yeah. being like PHP. It's like a hybrid of like 10 different languages, like a monster mash of languages, like a little bit of C++, <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And it's like yeah, nothing but because like, you can, quite right. You can just get a code snippet from the internet and it probably works and does something amazing. <laughs> yeah. So actually, I mean, it might, that was a great thing about the PHP. <laughs> that documentation site, Oh my god! Like any any like function in there, it was like the, the comment section was just like bang 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 bang, and you're like, oh, yeah. there's exactly so, what I need. There's exactly some of the code, the code I was writing with PHP. I mean, I would make a database call and then I would like oh, yeah. exit PHP and go into HTML and create my table and then I'd <laughs> yeah. re-enter PHP and like <laughs> oh, yeah. over this thing and I'd go back. It was a mess, but there was a real express. That was a mess. That was that was PHP. <laughs> Well, then you That's then you'd FTP, you to do it. You'd FTP it up to your web server because oh, there's yeah. your web server you're paying like two bucks a month for because PHP was dirt cheap. And all of a sudden you've got like a professional web app out there. OK, like, now I feel like I have to go the other way, which is that we aren't <laughs> actually PHP, <laughs> fine, but we are trying fine, to take inspiration yeah. from how okay. seamless and unproductive you feel with that. So, okay. yeah, definitely let me get this conversation back on the rails here. So <laughs> I brought my Hawaiian shirt today because I want to talk about islands. But before we talk about I think we'd, in order to set that up. Let's go and take the perspective of like somebody who's in Create React app or Next.js and kind of talk about what Astro is in comparison to that. I mean, you mentioned static site. Is it only a static site generator? Like what, how do, tell me. Yeah, so that's where we started. Our like V0 was purely like SSG, Jamstack. That's all we care about. But it's been 16 months now. We just hit our V1 last month. And in that time, we actually added full SSR. So I would think of it more as a Next.js alternative than a 11D alternative. But um, maybe some of y'all saw the um, like the markdown benchmarks that Zach, Lee, Zach Leatherman was doing from 11D of like, how does Remix versus Next.js versus 11D all compare on markdown? Like, that's still something that we care about. Like, we have a really nice first party markdown experience, MDX, where a Next.js or a Remix would say, oh, that's like, do that if you want to. But like, that's kind of an other thing. For us, that like content story is really important. So we feel like in XJS from a developer experience, but our focus, like the type of site that we're best at is much more of a, yeah, a content site, a blog, a personal site, a marketing site, a homepage, anything 
that isn't super dynamic dashboardy. Right, know. right. That did seem to me like if you're going to do like every page is 100% dynamic, well, Next.js or a spa, that's your bag probably. Yeah. The way we, it's been described, uh, Theo, who's a, a, a content creator, who I think some of us know, who's a, a big streamer, and the way he's described it is Next.js for your application, Astro for your like kind of front-end marketing site. So that idea of like, that's really where we fit in. If you have a web app, Next.js is still a great fit. That's not really what we're going after. But if you care about converting your users, you know anything that is about getting your user coming from Google, quick experience... Um, super like kind of uh, productive language to work in. Uh, that's Astro. Yeah, we've. It sounds like it fit, fits a really nice niche because we've ran into that too. Where sometimes you have a marketing e site and you're like, oh well, I need something simple. Next is going to be really overkill for this. Yeah. But then you quickly realize, oh well, my marketing site like does need some stuff, right? It's you keep adding this functionality and suddenly because we ran into this at Blues where we're pushing Hugo to its limits, where we have this crazy <laughs> like it started off. At the start, Hugo was great. It did exactly what we needed. It served this this static site really well. Then as like more features, more pages, more requirements started to come in, it's like, oh, crap, like we, yeah. we have so much more we need to do. And like it, it starts to fall apart at some point. So I feel like Astro is pretty smart for just being that sort of middle ground where it's like a content site that is beyond just like the like it's really, really simple render. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, you guys are kind of missing the boat. I mean, maybe you don't even know, but like I come out of the e-commerce world and I think it's great for e-com too, because yeah. I think, you so, know, like the homepage of an, of an e-commerce site is pretty much static. You want that served up real fast. I mean, I'm, I'm in mind, I'm thinking like the Nike site, cause that's just where it was. And you know, it's whatever shoes for whatever your area you're at. Right. Yeah. And then you go into the, you know, the shoe page. Right. And it's, it's also 90% static. Right. Yeah. There's the cart and the product selector, basically. And then yeah. there's comments. And that those are the two dynamic sections. The rest of the page is like dead. Yeah. Yeah. E-commerce, I think, is that's so I tweeted this a while ago. I should really kind of jump this back up because nothing gets people angrier than like charting everyone in the world on a chart, like telling <laughs> no. them where yeah. they live. Are you a front end developer which, or a back end developer? Which circle do you, yeah, which circle do you fit in? Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, yeah. I hate that. Yeah. It's yeah, if anyone who's the engagement hack, I'll share with you all just Put every framework on a graph and every framework author will, will complain and amplify you and you'll get a million <laughs> followers. Oh, Everyone will hate you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. Um, but my version on this was a spectrum of just like, if holotypes, I think is how Jason Miller from the Preact team has called it. Like, what is like, if you could chart every website in the world on a spectrum, what would be the axis? And what I, the way that Astro really thinks about it is like content focused versus like interactive state focused. And you could think of like the furthest on the content focus is like just like a blog, a page of Markdown that's like very limited, personal. And all the way on the interactive is like a game, like running in the browser. Like, yeah. but along that, and along that access, I think you have different, you know, like CNN.com. Okay. That's, that's a blog. It's mostly about the content, but obviously there's more going on there. And Facebook, it's all this interactive data, comments, state, uh, newsfeed updates, all this thing, you know, very interactive there. And along the spectrum, I think e-commerce just fits right in the middle where it's still about getting content to the user. Like that's the, first thing it needs to do is get you to see the thing that you want to buy. But then on the exact other side of the spectrum, the second most important thing is you then click the buy button. Like the interaction with the site is ultimately the thing that matters if you're building an e-commerce site. So I think e-commerce is perfect because it's right in the middle of the spectrum. It's probably as far down the spectrum that we'd go coming from the content side. Like that's our goal is to still be a great tool for e-commerce. But e-commerce is like, it's so interesting because it really is, you need to do both well. You can't just be only content focused. So that's where Astro we have that ability to kind of hook in interactive React components. Like we're we're building for that world where it is mostly static, but 
that buy button experience is still lightning fast. And you yeah, the buy them. button. But then this, this, and this is the really tricky thing about e-commerce architecture is the it, the search page is 100% dynamic, yeah. basically. And then yeah. the and the cart checkout cart checkout experience that is also 100% because it's totally dependent on your yeah. user identity and blah blah blah, blah and credit cards yeah. and yada yada. So the so I mean it I can. Like the Nike architecture was every one of those apps was basically self-contained. And the cool thing was you could have Next.js for one app and then you could have a spa, you know, for a different app. Yeah. It's fine. You know, let Akamai do all the routing between them. and you go. <laughs> It works. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. I, I think that's where, oh God, we could, there's so much interesting stuff going on there. Because I think that's where for on our end on Astro, something that really came out of our V1 launch was, um, I don't know if anyone knows Fireship, but like their video is essentially mm-hmm. Astro's great. The one feature I want is like, I want it to feel like an SBA. I want to feel like there's that kind of like client side JavaScript app. I click a thing and my browser is like running the transitions for me. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that Next.js does that we stay away from. But like the feedback was like, can you give me that without going fully into JavaScript app world and all the performance costs and all the complexity? <laughs> and there is stuff we can do on that end. And so from our end, there's features. And then from the browser's end, there's this really cool shared elements transition API which is fairly new. It's behind a flag in Chrome, but it's essentially this idea of like, can pages transition and feel dynamic, even if it's actually behind the scenes, the browser is requesting a new page of HTML. It's super like, oh, cutting edge, so like yeah, That's we're still wicked, wicked cool. Except of course, it's, yeah, it's so like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people will do these demos and like videos. And it's like, oh my God, this is great. How do I try this out? It's like, well, you have to go into your Chrome flags. <laughs> Enable a flag. It's like, all right. Flag. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's okay. You'll have your customer do that. No. (laughs) Well, this is still cool, at least eventually, because this is one of the, I used to do a lot of stuff around when I was doing like React Native, Native Script type of stuff, like mobile versus web stuff. And page transitions was honestly towards the top of my list of like number one things that mobile can do that the web can't. Like the reasons that the web struggles to create as good of an experience as native, because just on mobile platforms, there's just handy little methods built right into the platform. It says, oh, take me from one page to another with this like built-in OS level, silky smooth transition. Mm-hmm. And on the web, meanwhile, we're like changing the URL that was in- invented in 1990 and then like <laughs> tricking this DOM, these DOM APIs into trying to like create a hardware smooth transition. And it's just a yep, bunch of yep, hacks. Yep. So history.push. It's, it's exciting to see that at <laughs> sure. least someone's trying to, to do something about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, the it's, there's a philosophical battle going behind the scenes between like, not even like the web versus native, but also like Google versus Apple as companies. Like Google believes in the web, Apple believes in their their kind of walled garden iOS, and they're yeah. constantly kind of battling this out. Where if that story that you just described, Google sees that as like a web problem. Like the browsers need to support that mm-hmm. if the web is going to survive. It's essentially like the holy war that the browser developers are, are are leading. So it's interesting to see that kind of play out and to be a part of that story. We're like, okay, we see where they're going, and we think. We can build something for that future. Yeah. I gotta say, if you're doing Electron, you're probably doing Chrome. So yeah. I, I wonder if you could actually just enable that in Chrome, in, in that embedded Chrome. Yeah. And then now it looks great. I, I think the other thing, that. the other thing interesting in that debate is that both sides have reasonable arguments. It's not one of those, like, even as somebody, I'm a longtime web developer, so I usually side <laughs> on the side of, of the web. But there are arguments for, well, we don't want to bloat up the web. Like, the web is its own unique thing. We shouldn't necessarily try to make it into just a like a mobile friendly platform and do mobile specific things too. I think that's a reasonable argument. And yeah. browsers are also getting crazy complicated. Like you, <laughs> you, 
I mean, having page transitions, for, like, I don't know how it works, but there has to be some means of recognizing something as pages or things that you're going to transition between. Yeah. And that's more you know, APIs that's like, you know, there's already so many conflated, weird CSS APIs, and this would add to it. So, it, you know, it's, it's, it's not a clear cut case. Yeah, you would, you would love to read the description of how this works, because I, as I understand it, it literally takes a screenshot of the old way the site looked, <laughs> oh. and then a screenshot of the new one. And then oh. if you wanted something to, yeah, it's, <laughs> don't, wow. don't look at how it's implemented. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh. Party it's a really cool API to look into because it's, yeah, it's but pretty I'm, weird. I'll be honest, I think they probably do the same thing on Android. I was just going to say yeah. that I believe they yeah. literally do that on mobile oh, platforms be, because yeah. like, well, I mean, that's do. all you're doing. You're just taking the old one and moving it out of the way. So it's, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. You're just bit blitting from gaming, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay. So, so one of the things, oh, sorry. No, you go, Jack. I think you're going well, the same place I am. Oh, really? Okay. Well, let's go see. for it. Stayed uh, at the same time. <laughs> islands. 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 <laughs> let's talk islands. Yes. Okay. What, tell oh. us about islands. If, as if I'm a five-year-old who didn't know what an island was other than like an atoll or whatever. It's something so, yeah. So islands are kind of the island architecture. It's, I'd say it's our secret sauce. It's what, make, what makes Astro unique in this whole space it's it's no one else is doing this as far as i know it's not something that we actually came up with we're actually going back to 2019 where the etsy front-end lead um katie i'm gonna blank on her last name this is worth looking up because jason miller of preact ended up writing the article about it but really katie deserves a credit he's basically just quoting her in um in his article let me see if i can type as fast as i and here we are in another e-commerce world right katie seiler miller Okay. Yep. So coin this phrase, and they were trying to migrate from a PHP stack and trying to bring in, like, how can we incrementally bring in modern front-end React components in their case? Mm-hmm. And what they coined was this idea of, well, the page can continue to be server-generated, but we can start to kind of create these islands of interactivity so that after the page loads, we kind of behind the scenes without anyone noticing, we hydrate it. So similar to what Next.js does with your whole page, but instead of hydrating your whole page with JavaScript, you're just doing these little isolated islands. So going back to the e-commerce example, right? You mentioned there's like mostly just like an image and some text and then the buy button and maybe a carousel and maybe a couple other things. But the way that every web framework, like modern web framework of the last decade has treated that is let's ship the whole page as JavaScript and the whole page will hydrate and then now the whole, your whole page is a JavaScript application. Everything's interactive. And Astro's take is instead the whole thing is static HTML and just the bits that need to be interactive are interactive. They're loaded in isolation. So you're not sending down all the unused stuff that isn't actually interactive. You're only sending down the super critical buy button, the carousel, the code for those islands. So they actually end up acting like these interactive islands on a sea of static HTML. So that's where React and Astro fit together. You use React to build those front end components. You can also use Vue or Svelte or Solid or Preact, where you're super unopinionated because we just treat it as this island that you're going to hydrate, not the end-all, be-all, everything all the way down the stack. You know, To do your Hello World, you don't need to learn React if you don't want to. But we give it to you as your tool for when you need to step in the interactive world. That's your tool. So conceivably, I could have React and Preact on the same page? You can you can see the examples. You can have every framework interacting on the what same page. The? Yeah, it's <laughs> so, a heavy page, but okay. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. But <laughs> there's a couple stories where it is interesting. One is the, like the micro front ends world, like loves that mm-hmm. idea of implementing everything in isolation. So who cares how it's implemented? It's an island. The other is if you're migrating. So it's a really important story if you're thinking long term. Like right now, if you're building an XJS site, but you hear about Solid JS or or Quick 
or any one of these like new technologies you want to use. Maybe even just Svelte. Maybe you're like, you've just bought into the Svelte hype train. You're done with CSS and JS. You want the Svelte styling built in. Today and every other framework, because they choose React and they go all the way down, you have to basically throw out your site and start from scratch. Astro lets you go page by page or even component by component and re-implement that, you know, component by component in Svelte. So you add one Svelte component and then two, and you're slowly whittling away your old framework and you're slowly coming up with your new one. There's a really cool migration story that doesn't tie your entire future tech stack to one framework. It gives you that flexibility. So I'm here with JD from Raygun. JD, why did you start Raygun? You know, I, I started Raygun. It was actually our 11th product that we built. So, you know, if you're a fellow software engineer thinking you want to build something and build a business, this was the 11th try, right? And we built it because way back when I was writing more code for customers, I used to instrument my code to send an email to myself when something went wrong. And it would let me kind of get in front of the issue before the customer complained. And so we built a, a whole product called Raygun for crash reporting initially. Uh, it expanded out into other areas, but it was really just building a full solution to what I'd been doing years earlier to try and build better software. I love that. Just scratching your own itch. It makes a ton of sense. And, and I do that too with some of the stuff that I'm doing, either with podcasting or programming. Yeah, absolutely. The, the most awkward thing was when we actually instrumented some of those prior 11 products. And that's when we realized that about 1% of users will ever actually report an issue. And you go, oh, we might have been a lot more successful earlier if we'd known that. <laughs> so that's kind of the whole value prop of Raygun. Yep, absolutely. And it, it makes sense just to put it in there. So folks, if you're looking to try something like this, that'll tell you what your problems are, go check out raygun.com and get a free trial. Do you have like a really cool internal unit test that loads like seven different frameworks and like builds a button with all of them just to like make sure that continues to work? I don't be... even think it's internal. I think so astro.new, I'll just plug as our like launch pad for all of our templates and examples. I think there's one just called Kitchen Sink. Oh. Yep, multiple frameworks. So you can load that up, astro.new, look for Kitchen Sink. Oh, I've got it. <laughs> Hello from React. Hello from Preact. Hello from Solid. And, I, you know, you mentioned, I think, on the documentation that you can share a state between, you know, and any of these yep. using yep. A, a really cool state manager that I'd never heard of, which is unusual. I thought I'd seen everything. But, of course, that, I think that's impossible. Called Nanostores. Yeah, Nanostores feels like it was designed for us. I, I really need to reach <laughs> out to the author. Like, what? Because it? it's this framework agnostic state management. So you basically plug in your Preact, your Svelte, like you plug in your adapter so that it all works nicely. But the core of it is the same across all these frameworks. So they all get to actually share state using one common state management. We'll probably build like Astro slash store at some point. But for now, it's this really nice thing. Of course, if you're only using one framework, you can just use whichever one you like. Like, Svelte has its own built-in stores. You don't need to reach outside of that unless you're trying to share with some other framework, in which case you can. So I can report back from the kitchen sink. The NPM install took quite a while, uh, which, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, uh, which I find very hilarious, but it loaded up fine. And I see huh? Hello World, so kind of cool. <laughs> that is impressive in a weird way. I don't know. It's it's weird because it's this incredible feature of Astro, but like to really recommend that, it's like, wait, so you want me to put five frameworks on one page? Like, no, 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 no. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like inspiration. It's something you could do. Whether you do it yourself is, is up to you. So hesitant to do anything about inspiration because everybody takes it literally. Like, are you yeah. serious? And you're like, no, please. And you just want to take it down. You're just like, yeah. but 
Nobody takes inspiration as a third. There's a so, couple. You know, I'll, I'll say there's a third use case that's really useful. Like, and this is even on our own doc site, the uh, Algolia. We use Algolia's search bar oh. for our own doc site. Okay. And I think they've, they've kind of fixed this. But at, when we found Algolia, great search experience, only a React front-end uh, component. So we'd actually built the couple, you know, the dark mode toggle that was Preact. We'd been really good about using Preact where we could. And all of a sudden, what are we going to do? This like this thing is only React. That's the only way it's shipped. Like if we were building Svelte in Vue, it would have been the same problem. So we were able to just, okay, well, that doesn't actually matter. It's Astro. We're just going to put the React component on the page. We'll pay the cost of loading React for the first time because it's our first React component. But it doesn't actually block us from shipping this thing. So there's a cool, like if you're working with third-party tools, Superbase just launched some cool uh, auth components. Like, if you weren't using React, you just can't use them. That's kind of the story right now. But with Astro, you could. Nice. So back to the the, the more, like, some of these we're talking about are somewhat edge cases. So let's go back to, like, the, the super common use case. Let's say I'm interested in this island's architecture. I'm building out my blog. Most of my blog is just content, right? But I've got, I'm building this super fancy comments section, right? Which is going to be definitely interactive. So how am I designating the islands? Like, what is your like internal convention for like, presumably I have like just a normal markdown file for like the content of my blog post, but how am I designating, okay, this is the interactive bit. So it's it's totally up to you and your your site design. I'll, I'll share one funny story, which was Ryan Carniato and I were doing a live stream together where he was looking at Astro for this first time. And if you don't know Ryan, he created SolidJS. So he was super curious. All right, let's, let's put these things up. He also built Marco which is, or at least maintains Marco, or used to maintain Marco at eBay, which has a really, really impressive performance story. Like still, you know, even though it's fairly old at this point, still ranks highest in a lot of performance benchmarks. So he was like, let's put Astro through that. Like basically came in, like, I think, not that he was like ill-willed or ill-natured. Yeah, but like was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to kind of put Astro <laughs> in its place. Like <laughs> I've built the fast things. I know how this works. And, well, he's also, uh, like, he's doing solid starts. So you're in, in a sense a competitor, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going to, I think he's, uh, yeah, I don't know, actually. Yeah, probably a little bit. But we ended up basically the way it was, uh, the way he kind of ran Astro through its paces was Hacker News, using that as like a demo app because he oh, had yeah, one for Next.js and Remix. Yeah, it's kind of become the new to-do app. And Astro ended up performing best of any framework. I think like on a 3,000 comment post, still got like a 95, 96 Lighthouse score. Nice. And the reason was because even though it's a comment section with, you know, ability to post, the thing that gets everyone stuck is the, like, how do I toggle the collapsibility of a Hacker News comment? And in Astro, like, that's actually where the island was. Like, the island was just that, like, toggle button, essentially. And so you're not hydrating the whole component, you know, 3,000 of them. You're basically just hydrating this little button. And then even further than that, we let you control when it loads. So we were able to kind of delay loading. It's not super essential. You know, we basically let you minimize your JavaScript to such a point where it wasn't even that it had to load a lot of JavaScript. It then didn't actually have to run a lot of JavaScript either. So I, I imagine it too, totally like, depends. Yeah. Even if you had like, so you have the collapsible section and presume each post usually has like the Hacker News will have like an upvote, downvote. But presumably those are also like inactive if they're collapsed sort of, or maybe not even present in the DOM yeah. at all if they're collapsed more or less. Because I think that would probably help as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's the so the really cool thing, less edge casey and much just more like what island architecture enables is that idea of once you break your page down into components and individual components that you can control in isolation, those islands can be controlled. So you can say, this thing isn't super essential. Like this is the collapsing component. That's not gonna don't block the page for this, right? <laughs> you can basically say, like, hey, load that when the browser has a second, like when it can catch its breath. Or come to your point, load this co- component and actually render it only once it becomes visible. So if it's collapsed and hidden, don't even don't even bother running it. That's a really cool thing that, again, if you're shipping an entire JavaScript app, it's really hard to do that because the whole thing has to load. 
React Server Compose is another take on this, but we're essentially solving the problem by removing the code and then giving you that control. So when you want to kind of say, this is an island, I want to hydrate it. When you do that, you basically tell Astro how high the priority is. When should it hydrate? And yeah, that's a, the control we give you. It's like a client only, client client load. Yeah. Get, get out with a lot of options. Hey, you know, you had the advantage over server components about existing. <laughs> being real, yeah. we could actually use it today. But anyway, I digress. So, yeah, I mean, let's give a like quick. So the the feel is that I create like an astro file. In that astro file, there's a block at the top where I import my React component, and then there's kind of JSX, I guess, it's like you know, basically HTML below that, and I can just Im- invoke my React component just like any other kind of tag. And then there's options on the, in addition to all the properties I would normally give it. I would give it some Astro specific property of a, if I wanted to be something that would then run on the client, in addition to running statically or SSR or how you have figured, you'd say like client only, meaning it would just only run the client or client load. I think there's another one where it's like yep. loaded on the client. Yeah. So is that, does that sound right? Did it give, they give a decent walk yeah. through there? Yeah. So that's kind of the, the walk, the line that we walk is this idea of use React as much, like you can write your whole component, your whole site basically is one React component. If that's what you want to do. But this Astro component, get out of that. Yeah, exactly. You, you lose that advantage. Now you've, your whole page is one app, right? You're kind of back to that. Yeah. So what Astro lets you do and where we push you towards is using this Astro component, which it's kind of like JSX. It, it, we try to be actually compliant HTML. So in the way that like JSX, like just totally breaks if you don't close your image tag or your. Oh, tags. right. Yeah. We, we try, like, we really want to be this idea of, like, anything you paste in as an HTML snippet will parse successfully. So we are actually HTML compliant in a way JSX isn't. But to your point, we give you the, like, nice little, you know, you can map over an uh, array. You can give the kind of, what do you call it, curly brace, and then move into a JavaScript expression. So it feels a lot like JSX. So that's the Astro syntax in a nutshell. And, yeah, it basically is your foundation that you can plug React components into whenever you need that interactivity. Otherwise, it's just a very HTML-like templating language. I do like looking over the docs that for CSS, you you allow for scoped styles with a style tag, which is, I like a lot. That's very, uh, like, spelt style. Angular yeah. does that as well. I prefer yeah, that to, way- like, the default React way of just not doing anything to help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, felt like, we felt like we had to do a bit more than that. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, the way we talk about this is like getting started with it is actually a real focus. Like we want this to feel familiar. And so the JSX like expression, that's very intentional. A React developer should feel right at home. But it's also a single file component, much more like a view or a Svelte. And yeah, the fact that we do style in it all, that should feel really familiar to a Svelte developer. So we try to basically have something for everyone to kind of hook their teeth into to get comfortable in Astro quickly. quickly. It's kind of like web frameworks, the good parts. Like (laughs) it's it's interesting (laughs) to see because I... I can definitely see like the the actual components you write feels a lot like React, but then there's definitely some view influences and you see some stuff from some other frameworks, which I consider just a good thing, right? Just why not take the parts that work from all of these when you're creating something? So it's kind of fun. What really gets powerful is this idea that Astro components are never going to run in the client. We are fully server first. Like you use React when you need something to be interactive in the client. Our framework components, like the Astro component, is just for server rendering HTML, which lets us do a lot of cool things. So the yeah, the, the PHP mask off, like that <laughs> idea of like literally call your database in your Astro component, like go for it. There's actually no risk there in the way a Next.js or Remix became popular for this loader concept, right? Of you know, get static props, loaders. Like if you actually really break it down, all of those concepts are trying 
trying to get around this fact that your code might be running in the browser. So you have to design right. for that limitation. And Astro is really explicit, like this is only ever going to run the server. Talk to your database, put in your like end secrets, like it's all okay. Well, don't put your secrets into the code, but like you can reference them because this isn't going to the browser. Like there's no security risk there. Top level await, fetch, like it's all designed. Yeah. It's really nice. It's like really, yeah, you realize how much complexity we're bringing in from this JavaScript app model once we remove it. Yeah, you just basically like, if you need a server API, you just like, oh, I'll just fetch it yeah, right there. Just fetch. And it's just, just fetch the top level. I just, yeah. yeah. That yeah. sounds, as someone who's spent, who's spent a good amount of time in the last week or two doing server side stuff in Next.js, oh. I, I can sympathize because it's very powerful. Like, I will say that. Like, you can do a whole lot. There's a reason why Next is popular. It's really cool and really, really amazing what you can do, but it's also can get complex because... There are, it's not just get server-side props. There's like other methods in Next and the way they work is somewhat confusing and it's, it can be easy to, series of interested in what I have to say, but (laughs) always, uh, but it it can get very confusing just because like there is so much complexity there and the complexity is there to handle different use cases. But if you're just, if you just need to get some data from a database, it's refreshing to just be able to just, I don't know, do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, again, Next.js, it's great for certain use cases. We just think that Astro is great for other use cases, ones that aren't really well served. There's kind of like a Gatsby story here in who we're talking to. Like if you've used Gatsby in the past and like got stuck, like just the maintenance costs cut up or the performance, like we're kind of trying to tell that story in a very different way. Where Next.js, I think, became this de facto for everything because it was just such a great developer experience. But the web's starting to catch up. We think that we actually can, yeah, it's a, it's a very similar developer experience, but for a very different use case than what Next is good at. Do you have you an know, underlying confusing system that's entirely driven by GraphQL? <laughs> no, no, that was the big learning for us was Ooh. keeping it simple, keeping it small. Fetch is actually pretty cool. And yeah. using other, you know, content providers, SDKs, is also very cool and not sending it all through your own proprietary That's, GraphQL. Yeah. That was a Gatsby reference for anybody that didn't get it just because they use GraphQL quite a bit under the hood, or at least that's what I was trying to get at. Because I like Gatsby and a lot of what they do, but like when I start doing advanced Gatsby stuff and you start getting into like these GraphQL APIs and it gets, it can get messy. Yeah. 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 I mean, Gatsby, yeah, it's super impressive, but I can't imagine a worse place to debug integrations than the data layer. And that was always when I maintained them, like, all right, I just updated this integration and my data layer is now completely whack. How do I debug <laughs> this? Yeah. I mean, it's also a ding on, I think, Redwood JS is GraphQL. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, so in case this comes up, I, I always have to be very careful. It's GraphQL, very cool. Um, oh, no, just yeah, the idea for sure, of for sending sure. everything no, through it is always the risk. Um, I think Redwood does a little bit more of a, uh, I don't know, what a, a concerted approach on that. Yeah, it depends on how you're using it and how well you're abstracted from it. I felt like with Gatsby, I was getting into the internals a little bit too much. I don't know. But it's also a personal preference type of thing, yeah. too. Well, that's my shameless plug. If you've tried out Gatsby and got stuck, Try out Astro. You won't <laughs> you get like stuck. That is a guarantee. That's a promise. <laughs> so you mentioned micro front ends there for a little bit. I have a slight interest in micro front ends, especially and then coming out of the e commerce world, right? You know, the, the header and the footer are basically your micro front ends because you want to, like those I mentioned, you have like different teams deploying different parts of the site and you want to be able to update, for example, like the header on just, you know, dynamically, right? And so folks are looking at module federation as a way to do this. So you basically dynamically load the data, the, the, the code for the header. SSR is a bit of a problem there, but whatever. Anyway, so you're coming out of like the ESM world 
and uh, snow uh, was it snow okay, snowpack and snowpack right sorry blanket on that <laughs> uh, awesome stuff is is there a potential here to have basically hey import this URL you know or, or, or import this bundle dynamically and then run it on the server and then because I mean that would be that, that bang you'd be done like yeah. you just everybody would be using you for e-commerce like it was just it, bang you'd be so done. we are limited by what Node and Vite support. So Vite is our internal build engine and Node is our you know, actual runtime for, for JavaScript. Neither of those... Well, so Vite supports an ESM import, but I think it just does that by like ignoring it. And if you try and SSR, <laughs> it, it passes it to Node and the Node doesn't ignore it. It actually crashes. So you're kind of stuck there. I think Node is doing experimental. I, I know they want to go this route. So they're they're getting there. I think well, it would Deno, be more interesting. Yeah, I was going to say Deno seems really worried or or excited, maybe is the other way, all of a sudden we're getting Node.js support. Oh, okay. And there's a world where Astro could run on Deno. It's probably not there yet, but once they get Vite support Wait, I thought, out, I, I think thought Astro did run on Deno. So, good good point. We can deploy to Deno. So we can actually build oh. your thing to run on Deno in production. But like when you run Astro Dev and start the dev server, that's very much, there's a lot of Node happening there. Mm. Um, that Yeah, if Deno can figure out their NPM Node ecosystem uh, kind of solution, then... There's a world where we could move to Deno and then those imports are going to run. Because we're also very TypeScript friendly. Like we, an Astro component has TypeScript enabled in the front end. You can't turn it off. You can like have really relaxed TypeScript, uh, you know, TS config. So you don't see any warnings so really unless right, you do something exactly. really bad. Yeah. Everything's any. But like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Use any, like go for it. But we're pretty TypeScript uh, pro in favor. So Deno actually is a pretty good fit for us. Mm. So just so I understand it correctly, it sounds like you can't use Deno because you're, it sounds like dependencies you're using like for like underlying in Astro just aren't like you can't import them, can't run them. So it's like still some dependencies don't yeah, work. Right more now, it's it's just a really simple Vite won't run on Deno. Oh, okay. I know they're working on that. I think it might work in some cases now. So not yet at the stability we need, but they're getting there. Once that box is checked, then it's on our end. Like then we have 10 other dependencies to look at and we need to be tracking those. So We've kind of been able to just shrug and be like, I don't know, Vite, like we're not moving off Vite. Vite's great. Like, but yeah. Vite's so big now and Deno sees it as their window into the Node ecosystem. Like huge adoption for them if they can figure out Vite. Yeah. So we're kind of just banking on everyone else figuring this out for us. <laughs> no, it makes sense. It's going to be interesting to watch this space because it's it's been such a expectation for the entire JavaScript world for so long that like you start any sort of project or like any sort of new computer while you install node and NPM. That's like the very first thing you do. And like for decades and spanning all, like all facets of JavaScript. And so undoing that is going to be a challenge. Like I, but I mean, if there's real benefits, I mean, the JavaScript world is very speed conscious. So I, it's in some ways it's surprising that it hasn't changed up so much in these just given the amount of time. We're in a really interesting position too, where you run Astro Dev to start your dev server and Astro Build to build your site. Like the user actually doesn't know it's node behind the scenes. It's it's pretty obvious uh, yeah. because it's just the de facto, like you said. But there's a world where if Deno becomes a better option for Astro and we can figure out a really clean migration story, like invisibly behind the scenes, we can almost migrate. That, it wouldn't be invisible, but like we kind of control all that complexity behind the Astro layer. So yeah, we would just be picking the best tool for the job at that point. Yeah, I'm guessing you'd probably just have to have people install something before they run Astro Dev. Because yeah. yeah. right now you could probably more or less assume people probably have Node. So yeah. mm. still have and to right handle now it. We are there, but then that's a pretty easy install. install Astro. 
Yeah. What was that, Jack? I missed it. Oh, Deno is a pretty easy install. So there's that. Yeah. They, they made everything easy because they obviously want to get that adoption <laughs> fighting against yeah. the massive node I, wave. Yeah. So, Fred, one other thing I wanted to ask you about is Markdown because you, Astro, had a fairly big shift recently, right? When just your the way you implemented Markdown and like MDX, right? Like for 1.0. Do you want to explain a little bit about like what went into that and what that change was about? Yeah. So, our Markdown story, it's probably one of the first things we implemented in Astro. It was like, all right, we're coming from this like inspiration of stack site builders. That means we need Markdown support. But we knew we had this like islands component idea coming. Like that was probably those two together were our first two features. So from day one, we really wanted an idea of adding your components to Markdown. And we thought like, no one's doing this well. Like, you know, like famous last words, like this will be easy. (laughs) (laughs) And then 16 months later, like still the majority of our bugs were coming from this like idea. We could build our own Markdown syntax in addition to everything else we were doing. Um, But it was really cool. It was this idea of using your components in your Markdown and essentially MDX, but the astro flavor of, of it. And then we realized MDX is actually pretty great. Let's just use MDX. So MDX, right. it was kind of this like last minute, like ninth inning, just kind of switch that we made, which was tough. But at the same time, like we weren't offering a great experience either. So it was a kind of, you know, we had to choose the best of, of two, you know, not perfect options. But uh, luckily MDX is a great community. So like since making that switch, it's actually been really nice. Like their dev tools is pretty okay. Um, their support for different, you know, they have a repo that they own and operate. So like any issues can kind of go through there. It's been really nice to collaborate with uh, a worm on Twitter is named Titus and that ecosystem. So it's been a nice partnership kind of instead of us having to do everything ourselves, just trying to work with more people. Yeah, I use MDX a lot and mm-hmm. it's it's powerful. It still is a little bit frustrating, just like I feel like the the tooling, it's it's in, it's an inherently hard problem, I feel like. It's like Markdown that's also like this rich component model or what it's going for. So it's like inherently a weird thing to solve for. But I I feel like it's also becoming more common too. I know we use it extensively, so. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like everyone needed an answer to this. And I think think the Nux team is actually trying to do their own version of MDX as well. So like everyone tries to solve it. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. I think MDX definitely (laughs) could be better. Um, But it's not... That. it's like it's perfect for what we're trying to do like i think everything that i might disagree with as a design choice it's okay that's not how i would have done it but like okay uh, i'll i can stomach this thing that isn't the perfect for you know i'm i'm not that smart <laughs> yeah it's, i'd it's, rather use something with some ecosystem behind it yeah it's the classic like well then even if it's not perfect people it, it, it's like php right php is not perfect but if i google anything on php i find that doc site with the the huge paragraphs and the the comments and i'll at least be able yeah. to figure it out <laughs> yep exactly Interesting. Um, we I, made one other mistake which was to do our astro support in md which means it meant compiling every md file mm. whether you use components or not like had to go through yeah. this whole chain of dependencies through our build pipeline because uh, who knows there might be an astro component in there uh, yeah yeah, we, it took us a long time to get to this final story, but we're pretty happy with it now. Cool. Well, Fred, this has been great. Is Are there any things that we have not touched on? Any any topics, any like Astro features you'd want to share? Anything you, you want our audience to know about? Just that Astro is great for React. It's something that we really care about. Yeah, we work with everyone. So it's kind of this idea of getting out there and just showing how great it can be for React, React dependencies, React ecosystem. So let me come on like this has been, has been great. I'd say our Discord. So... 
I always forget to do this. If anyone can go, if this has been exciting and you're still listening to the podcast, um, <laughs> our repo is with Astro. It's like, you can Google GitHub Astro and you'll find it. Give us, give us a star. We're trying to get to 20K stars. We're trying to race to 20K with a couple other frameworks. We'd love any, uh, any support anyone listening can give there. Oh yeah. Who are you racing against? Like for some reason, there's like a bunch of frameworks all all very close, and we want to be first. Remix is at 19k. Um, Redwood is is coming up there. There's another one I'm forgetting. But yeah, obviously GitHub stars the the most important meaningless number ever. (laughs) We want, but we want to be the best meaningless number. We'll give you the React Roundup bump. Well, I just I just put in a star, so I mean numbers. It's (laughs) looking up already. (laughs) Nice. Uh, More seriously, astro.build is our website, and astro.build/slash/chat is our Discord. We do a super good job of just being around on Discord. We do events. We do a lot of our kind of development in the open. So we just published our roadmap for the rest of the year, which I, I won't spoil the surprise, but you can go there to find that. Um, there's a lot of other cool stuff going on in that Discord. Awesome. You know, I got to tell you, the DX on Astro is just sweet. It really is. I mean, it's just it, it just works well, and it's really nice. Oh, thank you. It means yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's it's. You'd be surprised in the early days where like, is anyone going to want to write this like dot astro component, or are people just going to want to get into React as quickly as possible? And humbly an experience to get here, but at the same time, we're starting to see more and more people like, you know, I I grabbed this for React, and I really only ended up writing like one or two React components. Like mm-hmm. normal astro component is like kind of all I need. It's got the styling. It feels like JSX. It's been really cool seeing people actually start to play with it now, and and uh, you know that. Not perfect, but uh, seeing people fall in love with it has been really fun. Cool. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance. I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and, and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. It's a good time to move into our picks. So we pick just fun thing from our lives or from tech or from movies or whatever. And uh, Jack, do you want to kick us off today? Uh, yeah. So I got a, well, okay, fine. I'll, we'll do cooking again. Um, yeah, I got a new cookbook, Pizza, the Ultimate Cookbook, which is kind of complements the pizza oven that we got a while back. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been really good. It, I tried out the 24-hour focaccia recipe, and it came out, it came out very professional, which is kind of cool. I mean, very... Did- it Wait, did you like say 24? Did you say 24 hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you you basically you do the dough and then it, you know, you let it sit in the fridge for 24 uh, hours until you okay. it the next day. And there's a 48 hour. You think that's that's something <laughs> 48 hour, you know, whatever. Is but it the it, type of dough that determines the hours or um, it was it's interesting. Having read through the book, there's like all kinds of stuff about like gastric stuff. It's like, you know, the longer you let oh. it go and the longer you let it proof, the better it is on your digestive system. I, I'm like, wow, I didn't know any of this. this but apparently this, this is the ultimate right. pizza guy. This is, yeah, this is what it's supposed <laughs> yeah, to go into. Yeah, this is, by the way, it is the size of like older Frank Herbert novels. I mean, it is it, it is 
big or or Harry Potter novels. Fine, whatever. You know, so, Jack, <laughs> I, I have a pizza oven also. And my problem mm-hmm. is I'm always like, I want pizza tonight. And then mm-hmm. it's like, well, you should have thought of that yesterday. <laughs> 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 right, the, the prep time, I'm just never ahead of ahead of myself. Well, you don't have to. I mean, you can always go. Yeah. If you, if you know in the morning, you can still make a, a really nice Good tasting dough. Um, I will say uni. I don't know if you have an uni or not, but the uni recipe list is great. And they have a beer dough, which is phenomenal. You basically just take a bunch of, you take a can of beer, throw it into some flour and some salt and bang, you're done. Basically. Wow. That's tasty. Very, very tasty. Awesome. All right. My pick is not food related. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick a podcast. I'll pick the Verge cast. Ooh. which has been my go-to. I like having a podcast that keeps me informed on just general tech stuff. So not any, you know, they're, they're not talking React or web development or anything like that, but it's iPhone reviews, laptop reviews, just news, what's going on in the tech world. And it's kind of my way of just keeping tabs on that sort of thing. And the hosts are really good. The show is really entertaining. It's like an hour each week, but it's a great way to just keep up to date on that sort of stuff. So that is my pick. And Fred, what picks do you have for us? I, this is a totally random one, but I just started watching this uh, and finished it a couple nights ago. Over the Garden Wall. Has anyone seen that? I have no. not. No. Okay. Wow. That's because you're grownups and adults. It's a cartoon. Oh, um, there you go. But it is uh, kind of like a limited series that ran on Cartoon Network a while ago now. Very interesting animation style. Very much like paying homage to like early animation, but yeah. has this really like good sense of humor. It's, you know, like 10, 10 minute episodes. So you can actually get through it pretty quickly. Really like weirdly, unexpectedly funny and touching story. And from one or two of the early uh, Adventure Time animators who are just an incredible team. So oh, nice. Nice. I'm a grown up. I watched some cartoons. I laughed. I had a good time. Yeah, my um, daughter's in Infinity so, Train now. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, that's really good so, too. It's Twenty minutes, you know. It's, it's that is what I Caroline think that came out of the Adventure Time Watch. as well. There's oh, this one that makes show sense. called Adventure Time that basically like every animation now came from that original. <laughs> team. It's wild. Like nothing has had more influence on it. That was the sourdough all. starter of of exactly, exactly Adventure Time. Awesome. Cool. Well, Fred, this has been great. a lot of fun. Yeah. My last question to you, if people want to, to follow you, keep up with Astro, what are some good, like, where should, where should people follow you or follow Astro? Twitter is always where we are causing trouble and making noise. So Fred K. Schott on Twitter and Astro.build, spelt out, so D-O-T, build, are the two handles that we use. And Discord is Astro.build, the website. So actually use a period slash chat. And that's where we're mainly hanging out when we're not posting. You guys are fun follow on Twitter. For sure. Yeah, we're trying to figure it out. You know, there's like <laughs> for the last 12 months, it's just been a silent, you know, every two months we'll just do like a new change log. Trying to have a bit more fun with it. So yeah, have we'll more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I guess I think we're missing out. We need to let the folks know about our Discord and had to show up there and talk with us on the React Roundup Discord. Let us know how we did and uh, yeah, give us feedback. Yeah, let us let us know if you're using Astro. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes, please. What's the, uh, how do I find it? I will, I will literally join it right now. Oh, wow. Look at you. It is. We can go to our website. We should have this faster. We didn't expect the, uh, <laughs> well, this was kind of, I was kind of trying to feed you a, a plug. But oh, yeah. Well, you know, I need to, we need to, people will it. find it. I yeah, guess exactly. No, it'll be in the show it, notes for sure. It'll be in the show notes. That's what you, cool. I don't have it handy. You, you scroll down in whatever player <laughs> you're in, find, find the link that says discord and click it. That's, that's the place to go. There you go. <laughs> cool. Well, awesome. thanks again, Fred. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Fred. Cool. See everybody next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.